0: Hey mate, how's it going? We're suffering from a bit of uh, Nations League fatigue here at the Football Dive podcast. It's been uh, a weird couple of weeks, hasn't it? A lot of games in a short space of time at the end of a very busy season. And I think England are probably feeling exactly the same level of fatigue as well. And it shows with their, their latest three performances. They've all been a bit laboured, haven't they really? But I think every team's kind of in the same boat. So we'll be discussing that, I think, first of all. And I'm joined uh, by Dave. He's back today, uh, freshly engaged as well. How's it feel, man? You doing good? Yeah, great. Yeah, just uh, you know, enjoying the weather. Um, good to see you back. Yeah, congratulations on your good news. I'm going to um, dampen that spirit a little bit and talk about the Nations League and England's recent games as well. So, yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a slog really to watch, wasn't it, more than anything. They only scored one goal over the three games and that was a Harry Kane penalty. So, yeah, difficult to analyse, as I say, when the team looked so tired. Um, it was a weird set of performances, really. Can not we draw any kind of conclusions from it so far? And, and are you concerned for England so far, with the World Cup so close?
1: Yeah, it was quite a laboured performance, um, set of performances really. Uh, there's been moments where we've, you know, carved out opportunities and looked quite promising in situations, but again, I don't really know, I, I, know, I don't know if it's too premature to say, but we've, we have spoken about this in the past with southgate and we've said you know we had the excuses of the midfield in obviously the world Cup, the last world cup where we couldn't quite get past croatia yeah we came up a little bit short in obviously in the in the euro in the euros um just recently and now i think it's it's going to be yeah the biggest test for him really because he's got this set of a uh, group of players that are just, you know, the calibre of it is ridiculous. Yeah. Probably our best squad for the last couple of decades. Um, So it's really kind of sink or swim, I think, really. And it's going to be coming up to this World Cup. I think we've got three Nations League games. We've got one yeah. tomorrow, and then we've got to play Germany and Italy again, I think, in September.
0: Yeah, it's Uh, all been shoehorned into this part of the season because obviously because of the Qatar World Cup. So it's understandable the players feeling absolutely shattered, which is why I kind of asked the question is this an indication of where we are? Do we read anything into it at all?
1: I think the thing is, really, and
0: in kind
1: of even in the Euros, I think the best team we had to get to go through was Germany, who Largely underwhelming for, you know, much of the tournament. Um, only just recently looking like they're kind of turning it around. Uh, so, are we really kind of? I don't really know if we live up to the hype. And I think we are a little bit of a bit of a hype team. You know, we know what we're like as a as a group of fans, England you know we're as proud as anything, but I think we almost kind of believe our own hype at times and get a bit carried away. That's an understatement. but yeah. um, I think I, I just feel as though this could be his last tournament if we don't kind of go past a certain stage or if he if he, if we're kind of just hitting a wall, whether we he is able to, able to take this set of players, further and he might feel that himself you know he might feel deep down you know gareth sapgate as, as you know as proud as he is and as stubborn as, as um you know we know managers are He might feel that somebody who has a better coaching resume can come in and take this you know england team and, and win something
0: because he be said words to that effect he said i don't want to outstay my welcome so once this tournament's out of the way, you know, if if he gets the feeling that he's not either wanted or he can't take this, the team further, I think he'll step away anyway. Knowing that's Southgate,
1: that's a strange thing. That obviously is it. The FA didn't they give him a new deal,
0: which yeah. I felt
1: as though that's that just feels like Man United to me in offering Solskjaer a new deal, offering Jose Mourinho a new deal, and not backing him. I just felt I just think that's a little bit premature. I think the the wise thing to do would have been to see how this tournament goes. And I, I don't, you know, it's Gareth Southgate. No disrespect to the guy. I can't see him jumping into a big club in club football because he's proven yeah. he's not proven that he can do that. So it's not as though he's going to be, you know. Busting the gut to get out and get join obviously a bigger club. If we you know, we we're, I think the FA, by all means, we're fully in the right just to say, would be just to say, you know, we'll see how we go in this next year. Um, and then have talks on the back of that. But I just feel as though yeah. they've kind of um, dug themselves into a little bit of a hole, really.
0: I guess what we're talking about the future of Gareth Southgate, like we're in a really big hole at the moment. And obviously the World Cup hasn't even happened yet. But that's the kind of feeling around the camp, isn't it? When you've had three games in a row where you've not won and you've only scored that one goal. And there's been concerns about the amount of goals that England have scored lately that haven't come from Harry Kane or Raheem Sterling. I think obviously Kane himself has got like 50 international goals now. And the rest of the team combined had, I think, 49 for the squad, which is, you know, it's not very prolific, is it?
1: I mean, you hear a lot of the players speak about kind of glowingly in terms of you know the team spirit and Mm. um, they enjoy playing for England when they go away and it's a breath of fresh air but good vibes only take you so far Um,
0: that's the thing the shades of Solskjaer with Southgate isn't there because he rode on good vibes for ages
1: yeah a little bit and it's kind of you know whether we're getting where we are on this pathway now suppose whether it's kind of approaching The litmus test and whether it is kind of at an end um, after this boil cut campaign who knows we'll we'll just have to
0: see but we we haven't been really convincing in any of these games no i think for me southgate looks just terrified of of really messing up and i think his formations and his players kind of show that i think he always plays far too defensively for the, the the setup and the players we've got and he tends to have, what, a front three or four players and the rest are all fairly defensive. He's even been playing like Bellingham and Rice in deep positions as well. I think just because he's worried about any kind of threat from the opposition and England shouldn't be like that. We should just try and outscore everybody, surely. The thing is as well,
1: I saw somebody speaking about it. If you know, if we're going to play this way, we're going to set up this way. Mm. Why not got somebody like Jose Mourinho in charge of the team? Because he knows how to win games and win in that style. And True. if he had that set of players, I honestly think he could do a good job with England personally. I don't, obviously, he's in a job at Roma. And, but I just feel as though there's the capacity there in that team to pay a lot more expansively than than we are, um, especially with some of the young players that are coming through. I mean, if you look yeah. at some of the players that are in the squad now that weren't, weren't at the World Cup, a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, mm. there's so many talented individuals, the likes of Phil Foden, Reece James. I thought Reece James played quite well against um, Italy. Was lucky not to get an assist if it wasn't for that Sterling missed opportunity from about four out out. Um, so th- there's a lot of there's a lot of potential, and it's just kind of about unlocking that now. And it's I'm not sure whether uh, Southgate's capable of doing that.
0: Well, that begs the question, really, what does Southgate need to give him confidence to unleash more attacking players in a system that kind of services them as well? Because we've even got Reese James, like you say, Trent Alexander-Arnold, really attacking wing-backs, full-backs, you know? Um, the left-hand side's a bit of an issue because he keeps playing Trippier down there. And without Chilwell and Shaw, there's no obvious replacement for them, except maybe Saka. I think I'd probably have given him a chance as a left-back. But... He yeah he seems intent on trying to get the midfield heavily stacked to be defensive rather than go forward. And we've got someone like Bellingham in the ranks now. I just wish he'd unleash him. I really do. I don't know why he persists with Phillips and Rice together anymore. We don't need to play the two of them. So, he just needs to let the shackles off a little bit and uh, you know, let these attacking players do whatever they they need to do because they do it for their clubs and they do it really well. You know, they're very elite players and I think Southgate isn't quite used to handling that still, you know, it still feels like he's a little bit out of his depth. And um, I know that sounds like it's a bit over the top statement and we're so premature <laughs> um, saying things like that. But we've seen three games in a row now where the approach has been so difficult to gauge. You don't know what his actual preference is, do you still? And I think Miles has said it a few times when he's been on the pod that our England's identity is, is so difficult to kind of highlight. And the players that would start for England, really hard to predict at the minute, bar maybe two or three. So that's the difference for me. When we watched Germany play against them, I think Germany looked like they were evolving. You know, you could tell that Hansi Flick's kind of moved away from the Yogi Love era and he's put his identity on the team. Um, players like Havertz are having a team built around them. So they were looking, you know, although a bit tired still, they looked like they had some kind of tactical direction to go in. Southgate, I'm not so convinced he has. And I think that's his limitation personally.
1: Yeah, and I don't think you, you know, I don't think you were kind of over-exaggerating, um, over what you were saying about, kind of, he's obviously got his limitations. I feel as a boss, and I, I, honestly believe that if he was going out on the job tomorrow, would big clubs all over the over all over Europe be queuing up to to bring him in? I, I don't think they would. Um,
0: I think the FA are genuinely scared though about the alternative to Southgate, because I'm not even sure there'd be. I don't know, comfortable appointing a foreign coach at the moment. You know, I think they'd rather go English. So, who's the alternative? You've got Eddie Howe, who's just taking on a massive project. Grand Potter potentially, yeah. Um, but that's still a risk for him. You know, his his reputation's on the up. And depending on what Brighton do in the transfer market this season, whether they actually do find a striker, um, he could have another average season in the Premier League. So, his brand is up and down, isn't it? Really, depending on how Brighton doing, and where he ends up. So, Short of that i'm not really sure how many English coaches there are ready to take up the reins of the national team if there aren't if there are any they're kind of being in the same position as Southgate was, being fairly novice at the elite level so that's a that's a problem as well I think the f a are genuinely scared about that, and that's why southgate they want to secure him for the next few years at least until they've figured out what they are going to do as a plan b if southgates the move yeah i can't I know what you're saying, but
1: they're kind of scared of losing somebody who potentially taking us as, as far as we can go but as a team really regardless of who are, who's in charge of that England team we should be competing with some yeah. of those teams you know on we, we've shown that we can do it in the last couple of years so I just don't know whether it It almost looks like kind of when we get to those forward areas we're relying on a bit of brilliance from the likes of Foden Grealish. Harry Kane and you know uh, try and take advantage at, at set pieces we've been really good obviously from set pieces over the last two or three years and I just don't really know if I just think the kind of overstating it a little bit by saying if, if the FA really think that there's nothing better out there than you know or anything that's attainable Hmm. At the moment, I, I mean, it's always it's always been a bit of a cloudy one with international um, appointments, manager-wise.
0: Yeah,
1: um, it's you know, play, uh, managers coming in with. I think uh, there is a little bit of uncertainty of whether they're they're obviously attracted to sort of that sort of proposition. So, I don't I don't believe that. I don't think you know the FA might think that if they do hmm. think that. I think that's ridiculous. But um, they shouldn't be really fearing, you know, his departure and thinking there's nothing better out there. Um, Like you say, before Gareth Southgate came into the England job, you know, what credentials did he have? He managed, obviously, Middlesbrough. Um, The under-21s
0: as well, wasn't it? That was the big thing for him.
1: Yeah, not particularly well. The under-21s, obviously, where he didn't have a particularly very good record. There was a lot of scrutiny when he did get the job so you know i think i think there's plenty of reason uh, to be optimistic if if obviously some if he does kind of go out the door after this tournament we don't know we obviously we're talking prematurely still i think yeah. there's a reason to be optimistic
0: so, yeah, we are being premature, that's the thing, but I think the mood is a little bit deflated at the minute. We expected a bit more, didn't we, from the last few games and, you know, England-Italy was meant to be revenge. <laughs> never never came close to being revenge, the thing, did it, really? The thing is, obviously, the last, the last Nations League we had, it
1: was actually quite a, a bit of a breath of fresh air, but yeah. it's been a bit of a damp squid, really.
0: Um, well, that's my next question. I mean, it's, it's the timing of it. Is, it's just difficult because of the World Cup, but... I mean, it's just de- devalued the Nations League by some degree, by shoving it in at the end of the season.
1: There's only so, many ta- only so many, you know, excuses you can use. And but so many times you can use an excuse as fatigue. But look, we've just played three games and we've looked, you know, below par mm. in every single game. And if we do enjoy, if the players do enjoy playing for the national team as much as they say they do, I don't... Oh, Honestly, look, they've had they've come back from a break. They've been on holiday for a couple of weeks, so really they should be chomping at the bit to kind of put a marker down and really looking to cement a place in that England team because there's a few areas on in that team sheet that are still up for grabs. well, well and truly. So I don't I don't believe in the the fatigue notion. <laughs> um, I just think it's a uh, you know there's a few plays in there have played a lot of games this season, but.
0: Yeah. still um, they should be really looking to kind of make make a mark Which players do you think have made a mark for good or bad then? Because I mean personally I was really pleased to see Tamori start uh, Vicario Tomori's had a really good season with Milan so it's nice to see a dependable looking centre-back um, as an option for, for Harry Maguire because you never know what his form and confidence are going to be like uh, and also Aaron Ramsdale had a pretty good game, made some really good saves yeah. didn't he? So the two of those for me look positive what about you?
1: Yeah, I agree with what you're saying there. That I felt Ramsdale had a good game um, in the last game, and gosh, obviously Pickford didn't cover himself in glory with um, in the first game. Mm. So you could, I mean, that could be that spot could be up up for up for grabs, really. Um, especially depending on how the goalkeepers begin the, the new season, it could be. I mean, we're, we're used to kind of looking at the previous season, obviously, with tournaments, with international tournaments. But because we're going to be going into, you know, with a new season and having the international tournament in the middle of the season, it's going to be an interesting one, really. It could be a case of some players making a, a stake for a claim at the very last minute, just based on the back of how well they're performing, in you know, at the beginning of the season. So Rhys James, I think... I thought he had another good game. Looked quite solid at the back as well. Um, yeah. He showed how how he's such a good crosser of the ball. I think mm. more often than not, when he when he does get his crosses in, I think he's I think almost I'd say he's probably on par with Trent really mm. in terms of his crossing. Um, and yeah, I don't know whether Mason Mount is, looks a little bit jaded think yeah potentially he probably could have been a player that could have done with a rest Chelsea have played a lot of games this season let's not forget they've been to two finals they got to the last stages of the Champions League I just I just thought maybe he could have been one that could have done with a rest potentially
0: I think Uh, he's um he's yet to really perform brilliantly in an English shirt as well so he did need I don't know, a few good games for England, I think. And, yeah, playing him on the back of the season he's had is probably a bit harsh on him. I mean,
1: looking at, you know,
0: we're were more than happy to rest Kane and obviously
1: give Tammy Abraham an opportunity. So I just don't really know why we can't kind of give Mount a bit of a rest and Mm. give someone else another opportunity. It's quite clear that we're not obsessed about winning the Nations League if we're not starting our best, you know, forward um in that area, I so I think I just think there's an, a, an an opportunity for some of the younger players in there. I'd like to see more of Bellingham I just feel like we've not not we've not seen enough yeah. of him um he's obviously caught on the back of having a really impressive season with Dortmund as well so let's see yeah. what um tomorrow brings I suppose. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's the thing. It's the complete unknown at the moment with the Nations League, isn't it? And uh, I just, I just hope, like you say, a few players realise what they're playing for. Because I know the World Cup isn't happening for a while yet, but there's not that many England opportunities coming up for them to make a make a claim to, to start uh, to get on the plane, even. So yeah, I just want to see some um, some real efforts to kind of show what they can bring to this England side. Because so far, everyone that's come in has has, has looked a bit like lacking any direction at all. Like, Jared Bowen did seem like the Jared Bowen we'd know from the season he's just had. Um, and I thought the same with um, with a couple of players as well, where, you know, you expected more of them because they had such a good season and they just flattered to deceive. James Justin as well seemed to be completely out of position. Um, it's a bit harsh on him. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a chance really to to stake a claim and I hope they see it that way. And I hope we see some stand-up Yeah, The likes of Conor Gallagher.
1: Yeah, to see him get an opportunity on the back of you know his, his season that he's
0: had, I want to see uh, more of Abraham as well because I mean, Kane doesn't need to score any more goals to pad his stats out, so you know, give Abraham a start up top that'd be nice,
1: yeah, yeah, I
0: agree. But, um, yeah, England games, um, still coming thick and fast, it's uh, it seems, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll assess them in the next pod as well as they, as they come, but um, moving on to. Transfers as well, because that's the the only real football we can talk about at the moment is is who's coming and who's going from the, the biggest team. So Erling Haaland confirmed at Manchester City, and that was no secret. But Darwin Nunes looks close to joining Liverpool as well. Um who's got the better deal there, Dave? Because Haaland's a proven striker at this level. Nunes is more up and coming, isn't he? But both very young, very talented. Both very highly sought after as well. Um, who are they big moves in the transfer market big enough for you to stay at the top for them both? Yeah, like you mentioned, there. I think
1: Nunez is a little bit of an unknown quantity in terms in terms of whether he can do it at the very top. We've seen it, we've seen him put in a couple of decent performances in the Champions League. Um, obviously, he scored against Liverpool as well, hmm. and I think he had a a Disallowed goal against them, so and we've seen that he's a good finisher. Both both players are obviously great talents, but it's got to be Haaland who's takes. Obviously, I, I just feel like, in terms of obviously his, his buyout clause as well. Um, mm. and apparently, Liverpool are going to be playing paying up to 85 million, 60 million guaranteed, apparently, and then up to 25 based on. Um, achievable clauses, so it's yeah. I I don't know enough about Nunez really. I've seen little little bits and bobs of him um, in Europe and a couple of games uh, for for Benfica in in the league, but he looks like he's going to be. I just don't know because Liverpool don't really
0: play with that sort of striker in or in that no, sort no. of way at the moment. So, so I know for Nunes, is, is quite physical, he's quite good on the ball. Um, his positional play doesn't seem to complement what Liverpool already have, if you see what I mean. So uh, Klopp's seen enough of him. I think obviously he's seen him up close in the Champions League as well to make this kind of commitment. And I mean, for any club, that's a lot of money. But Liverpool don't really go and spend 60 million plus on a player, do they? That's That's quite a lot of money. So they must have some confidence in him. Um, it is the unknown really for him, isn't it? Like with Haaland, you're almost guaranteed some goals. So I can see that definitely being a really di- like a difficult one for Premier League defences to deal with. But Nunes is a handful as well. Physically, is quite a handful, isn't he? So that kind of dimension to his game will make him fit into the Premier League quite nicely, I think. But again, as you say, it's whether he'll fit into the, the Klopp's Liverpool um, of the future because I can clearly see he's looking ahead now with Mane looking like his... Uh, going to buy Munich for some fee. We don't know what yet. 25 and 30 million bids so far have been rejected, but they're definitely planning for the future, which is, uh, it, it's an, only, it only looks positive for Liverpool at the moment, really, that they are making moves to to replace these kind of megastars that they're probably going to move on at some point in the next few years.
1: Yeah, I think it looks like Mane's probably going to be on his way out. Um, different sort of player again to to Munich. That I think one thing Liverpool will have is if when if he does come in, which is the United, then they'll be able to play a little bit different, might maybe a little bit more direct, yeah, um, because he likes to make those runs in behind. And we know Liverpool like a long ball, and um, they like a diagonal ball, and um, so they will be able to pay, play a little bit more direct. We've seen them a couple of times in this, this season come up a little bit short in games just because. They seem to be a little bit out of, out of ideas. They they tend to be kind of swinging crosses in, and when you've got obviously, you know, forward players the likes of Jota, Marnay, and um, Salah, they're obviously not the tallest tallest of players. So we'll offer something a little bit different. It will just be interesting to see how they approach games when they do play in, and just kind of how it affects the balance in their team. Because mm. uh, we've not really seen them have a sort of player when they were when they tend to play Firmino, he tends to sort of play a little bit kind of almost like in a false nine, sort of where it will link mm. up to the two wide players. So it will be a, a different, a different uh setup, I can imagine. So it would be interesting to see how that works. But yeah, yeah, like you mentioned there, Holland is proven really on this, certainly can do it on the international stage. Um, as well as in the Champions League so yeah. he's, uh, he's only going to score goals at Man City whether that'll be enough to win the Champions League that's another thing but I suppose we'll see
0: well Real Madrid look like they're making moves as well in the transfer market this summer for the for the good they seem to replace in their midfield plays quite nicely they already have Camavinga there and they've just signed uh, Aurelian Truamani as well who looks like a great purchase, doesn't he? Their midfield is is ready to go for the next 15 years, isn't it? Uh, once the uh, the megastars they've got already there move on. So, yeah, maybe the Champions League's not a foregone conclusion for City after all, hey? Eh? Mm,
1: no. Um, yeah, that's that was a great signing for me. I, I thought, there were, well, there were rumours that Liverpool were, he was close to, to signing Liverpool at one point. I know there was uncertainty around Real Madrid's funds and whether they would be buying, you know, big this summer. I think there's been a slight change of strategy from them. I think they they thought they were going to get Mbappe, and if they did get Mbappe, I don't think they'd have gone to They would have been able to sign Chiamini and um, potentially, obviously, others they'll be looking and look at. So it might turn out to be, you know, a blessing for them. That Mbappe is coming because let's be honest, they've got some really talented forward players anyway, Um, and they'll always be an attractive proposition to all players all over Europe want to play for Real Madrid. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how how they shape up next year. Obviously, their midfield is aging, you know. Yeah. Although Modric somehow looks as energetic as ever um at 37 years of age he's had an awesome, unbelievable campaign so i'm mm-hmm. sure we'll be out for a couple more years um but yeah it's it's an interesting time and so seeing some of the younger players come through in europe mm. it's almost like a new generation now really
0: yeah it is it's nice to see clubs actually future planning as well instead of relying on huge mega staff proven Players Coming in to to slot into a team. So that leads me nicely on to Manchester United, actually, and their lack of business so far. They've not actually made any moves in the transfer market. I'm sure Eric Ten Hag's biding his time and waiting for the right player, which is, you know, fair enough. Still keep seeing Frank and De Jong's name mentioned um, as a really strong possibility. Um, And we've seen Anthony linked as well. What are your thoughts on United's potential prospects so far, and how close to his chest do you think Eric Ten Hag is keeping all his cards? There's a lot of
1: unknown really surrounding United because there's not really any sort of clarification on how much of a budget we have. You know, there's a lot of messages coming out saying we've got 200 million, some are saying 120 million, some are saying Mm. obviously as little as 20 million, which is ridiculous. That's true um we've cleared off <laughs> we've cleared a lot of um a lot off of the wage bill as much as a million a week i think or something ridiculous yeah. which is crazy so that goes a long way um a lot of people you know i think are a little bit naive in thinking a lot of clubs pay all up front a fee all up front whereas you know the way things are done these days um, a lot of forecasting involved in how much is going to be paid out each year. So a lot of deals these days get done in installments, which is yeah. obviously um, really common. So I think that's a, the way a lot of these um, transfers will be United will probably get done. Yeah, the likes of Anthony, I think it'd be a good sign-in. We're, we're kind of still lacking a little bit of a threat on that right-hand side. Obviously, we've had Alanga there and I think it's just been a little bit unfair on him that the onus has kind of really been placed on his shoulders to to perform, and I think he played something like twenty five plus games, which is ridiculous for mm-hmm. such a young player coming through in his first season on, up on promotion to the first team and being expected to perform week in week out. So Anthony, being an obviously a forward with a who plays off of the right with his on um, who's left footed as well, I think will be a, a good a good a good option if we can get him in. Yeah, um, oh Ajax, yeah, I think we've got a good relationship with them as well, so I just feel a bit bad if we were to take Timber and Anthony off of them, if we're still looking at, at Timber. I think the international break is providing a little bit of a um, sort of like it's delaying probably some deals. I think it, that's the mm. case with a lot, of, a lot of clubs at the minute. They're just waiting for the international break. They're just waiting for the advance some transfer deals that are not going. God knows what's going to happen with the, the Dion situation.
0: Well, we need some midfielders, don't we? We've sold a lot of midfielders or released quite a lot, and uh, we just need someone in the middle. From what I from
1: what I've seen, it kind of looks like we're waiting for clarification on what the, what the situation is at Barcelona and what what their financial situation is, because I think they're kind of looking to kind of remedy in some manner even though it seems kind of inconceivable that really it they seem like in such a mess
0: well they're um, going for Lewandowski aren't they and they're going to have to put a lot of finances into that i think that's hinging on a lot of things
1: that's what i mean i don't understand really how they're gonna how they're gonna get out of it because there's, there's so many rumors coming out oh they want Angel Di Maria who let's be honest isn't gonna be on cheap wages um no. As we know um, from previous experience, and yeah, the likes of Lewandowski probably be their best player, best paid player at the club if he does sign on. Um, so yeah, it, it seems unlikely that you know they they won't have to sell some of their players. Um, mm. The like the young, I, I, they'll obviously want to hold on to some of their younger players, the like Pedri and Gavi, because. They're the heart and soul of Barcelona, really. Um, Imagine
0: seeing that, though. Imagine seeing Di Maria, Aubameyang, obviously, is already there, Lewandowski, all these players, 30-plus, coming into the club for huge money and then releasing or getting rid of some really top young talent that's come through La Masia as well. As a fan, that must be horrendous. But that might not happen. You never know. But can I just get your thoughts on United as well and the exits of Pogba, Lingard? Matter, Matic, Lee Grant even went, um, how the club handled that. It was pretty swift. It was pretty um, to the point, wasn't it? There weren't overly emotional goodbyes. How are you feeling as a fan about that?
1: I haven't really got any sort of feeling towards it. The only individual there you mentioned that I think um, is probably one matter, I thought. Um, you know, you only hear good word that and as a person as well as a player and um, I just kind of wish he would have got probably more of an opportunity this season in the times that we did see him play he showed he's kind of still head and shoulders technically above a lot of the players in our team and I know that's probably not saying a lot of saying how bad we were this season but I would have liked to have seen him be given a few more minutes this season. I think there were rumours whether he was on about staying on, potentially going into coaching, which is kind of why, at the end of the season he, he mentioned, I think in an interview where he was going to see what Ten Hag um, obviously was what his plans were I just feel as though Ten Hag is probably wants to come in with a set system, he knows his coaches, he knows who he wants and plays, I just think it's probably a little bit of a risk bringing too many fresh faces into a coaching setup um, when obviously you're in such a high-pressure situation in terms of the club you you're the manager of now. Uh, I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see Matter back at United in some form um, in the future after he's finishing finished playing. Uh, there's not been any word on or, or any rumours of, of that I've seen anyway of where he's going next, but. Um, yeah, for the rest of the bunch, I'm, yeah, I, I've uh, I've no ill, Ill feeling to, to any of them at all. But I'm just happy, really, kind of that we're at the end of this road where kind of all the toxicity, hopefully, will be will be gone, and we won't be getting leak after leak every single week. Mm. Uh, the only other player who apparently might be looking to go. Uh, it's obviously Dean Henderson. We don't really know what's going on with him. Link with Castle um, with a move away. I feel like he just needs to move out, especially if he's not guaranteed for number as number one. He needs yeah. to play football. Um, so I just feel like in the best interest of in terms of the club and Dean Henderson, he should really be getting a move away.
0: Well, we'll see how uh, Ten Hag prefers to set up with the goalkeeper because he's not a sweeper keeper by any means David De Gea is he so maybe he he'll be a ruthless uh, Pep Guardiola style culling like it did with Joe Hart and get the right goalkeeper in that suits the system you never know but that would be extremely harsh for a club legend yeah, like De Gea wouldn't it? I, I know what you're saying I don't think De Gea is, does suit
1: a, a 10 hard team no. personally um, distribution wise I just don't think he's good enough but I just feel as that I feel as though this bedding in process. There's bigger problems in that team. Bigger um, problems that need, you know, that need solving. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned there the midfield big big issue. We need to be we need to make sure that we're not biting off more than what we can chew. There's only so many things you can solve in one transfer window, and De Gea being in the team for another year or two isn't an issue for me.
0: Yeah, I agree. Either way, a lot of options for Eric ten Hogg to consider. Uh, We knew that was the case. Um, That's all for this week, Dave. Um, There's not really much football to be now and next Monday either when we record again. So I think it's England-Hungary on the Tuesday. Um, And that's pretty much it, apart from the rest of the Nations League games taking place. So we'll see what transfer news comes our way in that short space of time. And hopefully some United uh, movement happens. We'll have Miles back on the pod as well. Um, if you want to subscribe to the channel, it'd be a massive help on YouTube because we are growing uh, at a slow rate. It'd be nice to get some uh, some viewers. So if you like what you see here, please please do hit subscribe. It really helps the channel going forward. Uh, until next week, Dave, really appreciate your time. Thank you, mate. Congratulations again on the engagement. And uh, you speak to you soon. cheers, mate.